Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast, where as a church, we believe that Jesus should be accessible to anyone. So if you're at home, work, or somewhere in between, you can have access to the weekend worship experience. We'd love for you to stay connected with us by visiting us at journeyorl.com or any social media platform using at journeyorl. Thanks for being with us, and we really hope you enjoy this message. Ideas are pitched to us by our society as the best way to accomplish something, the best way to succeed, the best way to be in a relationship, the best way to handle money, the best way to deal with people. And oftentimes, the best way is the wrong way. The way that is presented to us as the best way, I should say, is often not the best way, and there is a better way. And we get that based on Proverbs 14, verse 12. Now, I got to say before I jump into the message today that I am going to get to the title of my message about 40% of the way through my message. So if that's for the note takers, okay, who are having OCD because I haven't announced the title of the message, uh, halfway through, what is the title of this talk? It's coming about 40% of the way in. We're going to build to it. It's going to be a slow burn today. Proverbs 14, 12, this is what we've been basing every message out of. There is a way, somebody say, that seems right, seems right, seems right, but in the end, it leads to death. Why does it seem right? How can something seem so right, yet be so wrong, so unhealthy, so detrimental? We answered that question with three answers. Number one, we says it seems like the right way because that was the way it was modeled for us. Some of us didn't grow up in the healthiest of homes or have the healthiest of role models. And so sometimes, either with their words or actions, our parents actually exemplified a way of living for us It's the only thing that we knew. So when we became adults, we just adopted their way, thinking it was the best way. But I want to encourage you today, there is a better way. We said also it seems like the right way because everyone is going that way, right? I mean, our whole world operates on crowdsourcing. I mean, how do I know what to buy if it doesn't have 20,000 five stars on Amazon? How do I know what movie to watch if it doesn't have eight stars, nine stars on IMDb? I need to know where everyone is going because everyone can be wrong. Or can they? Finally, we say it seems like the right way because it's often the easier way. But we also said that the easier way is actually the hard way in disguise. And if you want to talk about something that is deadly but modeled for us every day, lethal but many people say is okay, and so easy we often do it without even thinking, we got to talk about lying. Mm, somebody go, mm. parents, 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 this is a message for your kids because your kids be lying. Kids, this is a message for your parents because your parents be lying. And every parent who's shaking their head right now, you lying. Such a liar. Liar, man. Listen, lying was often modeled for us as children. Oftentimes, it was actually told that it was the right thing to do by our parents. Like, I don't know about your mom or dad, but my mom and dad, whenever we went over somebody's house to eat after church or wherever, my mom will always tell me, when we go, they might ask you if you're hungry. If they ask you if you're hungry, whether you're hungry or not, the answer is yes, thank you. When you eat it, you might like it, you might not. If they ask you if you liked it, the answer is yes, thank you. Mommy, what if I don't like it? You tell them you liked it. If when you're done, (laughs) they offer you seconds, (laughs) you don't tell them you're full. You eat it and you like it and you smile and you shut up (laughs) because it's the polite thing to do. We grew up in a world where they said lying was the right thing, where lying was the polite thing. And we we just said, yeah, if that's the way mom and dad did it, that's the way we do it. I think if we're going to look at lying and and say that the wrong way, often many people do it, hey, people often say lying is okay, especially if it's something that everybody's lying about, tax returns, (laughs) huh? (laughs) 
I mean, everybody lies on their tax returns. It's not a big deal. I mean, what actually is the definition of a dependent? Uh, well, uh, they no longer live with you and they got children of their own. Maybe you shouldn't claim them no more. Well, uh, they are emotionally dependent on me. That takes a toll. I got therapy bills. I'm going to take the deduction, please. I remember being on a Southwest flight with Justice, Liz, and Zane, but we had four different tickets. Now, if you know anything about Southwest, you can have a ticket and not have a seat. Especially if you get one of them C-59s or whatever they have out there. And I had one of them tickets. It was C-something. And uh, Liz had a ticket too, but it didn't matter because they said, if you got a parent and a child under a certain age, you get to go after group A before group B. So Zane was that age. So Liz went on, Pastor Liz went on with Zane because he was that age and cut the whole line. I got my ticket. My ticket is C. Now listen, Justice is nine at the time, but he's small enough that he could pass as whatever that age was that they were saying. But you know what? I said, no, I'm a pastor. So I held on to my ticket. I looked at him and I said, but, but you know what? I'm going to play by the rule, but everybody else better play by the rules too. Cause it was a packed flight. So you know what I did? I started walking around the, the, the gate looking at other people's tickets. So that when they called the numbers, I just wanted to be the show. I wasn't the only one playing by the rules. So I started looking at that guy's B, that guy's C. They called B and I see like four people who got C getting on the line ahead of me. And I'm looking at that Southwest attendant. I'm like, they better catch them. They better catch them. Beep, beep, beep. Oh, heck no. I'm still back there. I got my C50. I'm thinking, and listen, how many of us in that situation, if everybody else is doing it, it's almost wrong to me. We want to talk about the real sin. Let's talk about the injustice for me and justice. That's really what's going on here, right? And many of us in that situation, hey, we're justified. We're going to take it because that's not fair. And it's the right thing to lie in that moment because everybody's doing it. We waited off spot. Finally get up to the front. The guy looks at me. He goes, didn't you hear when they called parents and kids? I said, well, actually, my son is this age, and he doesn't actually qualify as the right age, and so we're rule followers, sir. <clears throat> he looked at Justice. He said, your dad is a man of integrity. <laughs> I was like, well, actually, I just I didn't know if you were in my church or not, and so I didn't want <laughs> to keep it 100. I didn't. Want to get called out at the gate, you know? If we were in another state, maybe it would have been different. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know that studies show, listen to me, that the average person tells four lies a day. And that 60% of people cannot have a 10-minute conversation without telling one lie. Which is why this is about to be a nine-minute sermon. I ain't trying to lie. It's easy to lie when everyone's doing it and people say it's okay. Also, we lie. Listen, because lying, can we, can we keep it real? It's easier than the truth. The truth is hard. I don't think you want to. You ever get a text that you didn't want to respond to in the moment? And then you finally meet up with the person that you told yourself you were going to text back. And they like, hey, what happened? Why didn't you text back? phone died. That was four days ago. <laughs> this is the way my notifications are set up. I didn't get the alert. It went to my watch. My watch was also dead. <laughs> why, why, why are we lying? Because it's easier than telling them the truth, which is hard. You are not as important as the thing I was doing when you texted. <laughs> but that hurts feelings. That's a hard conversation. So we lie. You ever been invited to something you did not want to go to? Hey, what you doing on this day? I'm having a party. Yeah. It's got an appointment on that day. Oh, we can move it. I've got one on that, that whole week, actually. It's really, it can happen any day this year. My whole 2022 is just slammed. Sorry about that. Can't make it. Why do we lie? Because it's easier than telling them the truth. Don't nobody want to hear the truth. The truth is hard. 
Your house smells funny. And your children give me anxiety. I'm not going over your house. I don't want to. <laughs> We don't want to tell them that. That's hard. Lying is just easier. Now, when we countered the verses, when I, I gave you the, the first verse, and when it talks about the, the lying is a, and the, the wrong way, and the wrong way seems like the right way, I always would then give you, in all the other two sermons, John 14, where it says, I am the way. But let's keep reading. I am the way and... Mm. So, and then and the life. These are not three separate statements. Jesus is saying the world's way is to lie. But my way is the truth and the truth leads to life. It's a continuing idea. And my way, Jesus is saying, is the better way. It's better to tell the truth and not lie. Now, I need to clarify because I know we got people from different religious backgrounds, some from irreligious backgrounds. Is lying such a big deal? The Bible would say, yes, emphatically, yes. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 22, the Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in those who tell the truth. The word detest in the Hebrew literally means nauseous. God says, when you lie, I want to throw up. It, it makes me nauseous. My stomach turns. And I want to tell you, you know how some thoughts can make you nauseous? The reason why lying makes God nauseous in literal sense, not that God could ever be nauseous, but in literal sense, is because two things. Number one, lying reminds God of his enemy. John chapter 8, verse 44, you belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. Pay attention to the revelation in the next half of this verse. For when he lies, he speaks his native language. You speak English, I speak Spanish, he speaks lies. It's his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. The next thing I'm going to say is going to come in hot. It's going to hurt. It's going to offend. But some of us need to hear it because it's true. And I need you to think about it on your way home today. You may never be more like the devil than when you're telling lies. Because you are literally speaking his language. When people ask me if I speak Spanish, I say yes. But the truth is that I understand Spanish very well, but speak it, that's a lie. I understand Spanish well. I can have a conversation with most anybody in Spanish, depending on where you come from. Some of y'all accents are out of this world. I'm like, slow down. But I, I don't speak it well at all. And the reason is because I think in English. So when I'm getting ready to speak Spanish, I got to think in English, translate it, <laughs> and then speak Spanish. I'm not what you would call fluent in Spanish. Except for about two months when Pastor Liz and I were in Costa Rica training to be missionaries on the mission field, we went to this school to learn missions work, but we also learned to get inundated in the Spanish language. So we went into a Spanish-speaking country because we felt like God would call us to the missions field maybe to a Spanish-speaking country. And we had to speak Spanish every day. Like, you just couldn't survive in that country if you didn't speak Spanish. All the tests were in Spanish. All your food, everything was in Spanish. And it was crazy that the more I spoke it, there was a connection to the amount that I spoke it and the way that I understood it. I was able to speak it without thinking at some point because I had been speaking it for so long. Here's what you need to know about lies. The more you lie, the more you'll lie without even thinking about it. The more you lie, the more fluent you become in lying. You just lie all the time for no reason. Just because it's your second language. Someone will be like, how long did it take to get here? You'll be like, 20 minutes. It took 40, but you're like, you just... No good came from it. No bad came from it. You just... Anybody just lie and then walk away being like, why did I say that? Why I lied right there? That was so dumb. Are you ready? You've become fluent in lying. It's a second language to you. You can do it now without even thinking. And here's the worst part, second reason why God hates lying. Because the more you speak it, the better you understand it. Let me say it in a way that'll hit home. The more you speak it, the easier lies come to believe. Because you speak that language so well. 
The reason why God hates lies, hear me, is because lies hurt you if he loves you. Lies hurt you and they hold you. I forget whatever demonic movie you saw. Exorcist, Conjuring. I don't know any more demonic movies, but... I just want you to know, whatever Hollywood showed you, the devil's number one weapon is not a demon inside of a doll. The devil's number one weapon is not a spirit. The devil's number one weapon is a lie. Because if he can get you to believe... See, Christians, we stomp on demons and devils. Bible says that God has given us authority over the principalities. and the, There's only one weapon then can get in and it's the ones that we allow in. Those aren't devils or demons. Those are lies. Lies will trap you. Remember when I was a kid, my grandma Anna, she used to tell me because I used to sleep over her house and she wanted to keep me in the bed at night and not sneak out, which I never snuck out. If I went to the bed, uh, out of the bed, it was like, use the bathroom or something like that. You know, get a snack from the fridge, something like that. I was the good cousin. It was all the crazy cousins that were doing bad stuff. <laughs> They're here today. So that, oh yeah, I was a good one. But she would never let, so she said, she so moves one time, she said, Jay, just want you to know, if you ever get out of the bed at night, there's a man who lives under the bed. He even had a name. Spanish families know him as Cuco. They said, they said, it's a real Spanish thing. They said, and if you get out of your bed at night, this man has long arms. And he will grab you by the ankles and drag you to hell. And then she said, and it's in the Bible. <laughs> I was in a pastor back then, so I was like, where, Grandma? She was like, it's in there. Found out 20 years later, Grandma couldn't even read. She was just making up stuff, man. <laughs> making up Bible verses. She's like, Google's going to get you. Hey, I never got up. She <laughs> so used the bathroom. Now I held it ever. And the crazy thing is, is that even when I became older, like 16, 17, and I knew it was fake, I still didn't get out of bed the, the right way. If I, if I had to get out of bed, I would take my feet over on the bed, and then I would build some momentum. I rock, and then, whoa! Even when I knew it was fake. And then when I had to get back to bed, it was like an Olympic long jumping Coco's not going to get me here. Now, here's the question. Here's the question. What kept me trapped? Grandma Anna? Cuco? Or was it the lie? Many of us are stuck at a bondage in a season of our lives because we are trapped in a lie. Every addiction is a lie. Every marital issue, relationship issue is a lie. Every fear is a lie. Every worry is a lie. Every doubt is a lie. Every, every battle in our mental health is a battle between truth and lies. Lies are the things we get trapped in. Lies are the things that lock us down. Lies. And that's why the devil reverts to them so often. John 8, 32, and you will know the truth and the truth will set you Free, John 8, 32. Now, listen, in, in, when you study the Bible there's, there, and you study ministry and how to interpret the Bible, there's a principle of, for lack of a better phrase, the opposite is true. For example, in 1 Corinthians 13, when it says love is patient, well, if that's true, then the opposite is true. That means that if you don't love someone, you're impatient with them. That's a little side word for somebody who needs to be more patient with the people that you love. But here's the opposite true applied to this verse and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free, then that means the opposite is true. And when you tell the lie, the lie will lock you in. The lie will trap you up. The lie will keep you in bondage. How many people have told a lie, and then you had to tell another lie to cover that lie, and then another lie to cover that lie, and another lie to cover that lie, and another lie to cover that lie, and then by the end, you suck. You're trapped. Nowhere to go. I want to free you today from whatever bondage, whatever lie that's been holding you, and the way we do that is by first examining why we lie in the first place. We need to answer the question, why do we lie? Why do we lie? Why do we do it? 
In order to answer that, we have to go back to the very first two lies ever told in the universe, at least that we know of. It's in Genesis chapter 3, verse 4 through 6. The devil is having a conversation with Eve, trying to convince Eve to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, trying to convince her that it's of no harm and that it'll actually be good for her. And he begins his discourse, his argument, his sermon. You won't die. You will, verse 4, you will certainly, you will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman. That's a lie. Verse 5. For God, lie number one, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good from evil. That's actually not a lie. That part's true. By the way, the best lies got a little bit of truth. Verse six, when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. And look at verse 7. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked. Now keep that verse up here because that verse, there's actually a lie in that verse. But you missed it and I missed it because we thought the lies stopped when the devil stopped talking. So because the devil isn't in verse 7, we think there's no more lies. Please catch this. But the most deceptive lies are not the lies the devil tells us. The most deceptive lies are the lies we tell ourselves. And there's a lie Eve is telling herself. If I tell you you're a nobody, you'd be looking at me like, you don't know me. But if you tell you you're a nobody, who knows you better than you? If I tell you you ain't never going to get married, you'd be like, you don't know me. But if you tell you you ain't never going to get married, you know you. The worst lies are the ones we tell ourselves. And there's a lie in here. And the lie isn't that she's naked. She's naked. My only thing is, why does it bother you now? You've been naked for three chapters. Huh? If you've been naked for a while, girl, you and your man been naked. By the way, speaking of your man, it's just y'all two on the face of the earth. So why are we embarrassed all of a sudden? Married people know. There's very little embarrassment between husband and wives. Y'all be using the bathroom in front of each other breaking wind in front of each other, <laughs> clipping toenails in front of each other, borrowing each other's straws and cups and toothbrushes. You nasty. <laughs> but you do it because, hey, we're comfortable. I'm just making a point. It couldn't have been the fact that she was naked that made her want to cover up. I don't think the message that she told herself was, I'm naked. I think she looked at her nakedness, and here was the lie. I'm not enough. And that's the lie. And then look how she responded with the lie. Verse 7. And, and Adam, so they sewed fig leaves together and made covering for themselves. Are you ready for this? We lie to cover up. But the thing that we're covering is the truth. If Eve was secure enough in the truth, she would have never covered up. So we're not really just covering up. Here's why we lie. We lie because we're not secure. Oof. We lie because we're not secure. But now I couldn't call the message a better way to lie. That don't make sense. <laughs> and I couldn't call the message a better way to be secure because you'd never remember it. So instead, I'm calling today's message a better way to BS. <laughs> a better way to be a, look at that neighbor you've been wanting to cuss out all week <laughs> and tell them there's a better way. Oh, you're not going to do it, are you? <laughs> to be yes. Which of course means be secure. That's what I mean. I don't know where your mind went. But I want to talk about, because I believe if you're secure, you won't lie. First off, be secure in who God says you are. If you're secure in who God says you are, you don't got to front like you're somebody you're not. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 21 through 25. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life. Here's a better way. Instead, let the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. And when you know who you are, look at the very next verse, verse 25, you will stop telling lies. 
One of the most common lies that we tell in life are the exaggerations or the embellishments. How much you lift? 300. What are we talking about? Pounds? Or are we talking about grams? <laughs> or ounces? What are we, 300 what? How much you make? Six figures. And what side of the decimal point are those figures? <laughs> She said this, and I said this, 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 and that, and I was like, boom, did you really say that? I thought it. <laughs> I thought it. She could feel it in my eyes. Or how about, hashtag woke up like this. No, you did not wake up like this. You woke up with the eye boogers like the rest of us. You woke up with the bed head like the rest of us. You woke up with the bags on the eye like the rest of us. After you did your hair, after you did your makeup, woke up like this. The filter ain't helping. We know what you look like. But we lie. Why do we do that? You know what's funny? When Adam and Eve put on the clothes, God didn't look at them and go, after they made the clothes of the, of the trees, God didn't look at them and go, wow. You really improved what I made. I didn't, you really made it look better than what I created. You know, after I finished making you, I thought I was missing something. One of the angels was looking at me when I said it was done, and he looked at me like, are you sure you're not missing something, God? Because I see some things. <laughs> no. He always knew you were naked. He just never made you feel naked because he didn't see you for your nakedness. He saw you as his son and his daughter. My son, my son is not the most athletic kid. And that's fine. I knew it early. You'll know, James, the moment JC can throw a ball, you'll know. And you won't want to believe it at first. But you'll know. I'll never forget the first time my kid threw a ball. I, after I went and found it, I, I told my wife, I said, baby, sports are not in his future. She said, don't speak that over him. There's no way to know. I said, you know. Parts of his body moved that should not have moved when you throw a ball. He's not going, that's not his future, babe. But that's okay. I'll let, he's got other gifts. Amen. He might not be great at sports, but you give that little man a microphone and a Bible and a room of 400 people, and he will encourage, and he will not be embarrassed. You put him on a missions field in Africa, and he will make friends where every little boy, every little girl that looks different, smells different, is older, is younger. He don't care. He's friendly. He's awesome. Just not at sports. <laughs> and we one day, we, and that's okay, because I, I love him regardless of all that. I, I loved him before he was born. I loved him when Liz showed me the pregnancy test. Because in that moment, I knew he was mine. So we were at uh, the church this week, and he was playing, he was the other kid, who was the pastor's kid at the church. That kid, same age as my kid, but this kid is really good at sports. And so I went off to talk with the pastor, and they went off to play, and they went to play basketball. And then they come back, and I'm looking, hey, what'd you guys do? And the other kid's like, we played basketball. And I was like, cool. I looked at Justice. I said, how'd it go? <laughs> Justice looked at me. He said, he beat me real bad. <laughs> real bad, Dad. Real bad. But he didn't say it crying. He didn't say it sad. He said it smiling, laughing, because he was confident in the one who asked the question, in the one who he was talking to. He knew that my love for him was not dependent on his outcome or his production on a basketball court. I don't love him because he's great at something. I love him because he's my son. Here's the way that I wrote it so you can remember it. When you don't know who you are, know whose you are. Know whose you are, that you belong to Jesus and that your value and your worth comes from who Christ says you are, not from what you can do. And after you're confident in your relationship with God, Listen, it's time to be secure in your relationship with people. Be secure in your relationship with people. Ephesians 4.25, and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. Say one body. 
If you're new to this church, then you don't know my whole story, my whole testimony. But if you've been coming for a while, then you know that I'm very open about the fact that in our marriage, I used to have an addiction to pornography. And I remember for years, and I remember the day, the night, I should say, that I confessed to my wife years uh, worth of shame and, and pain and lies. And I remember before I said it, I was confident, I was absolutely secure that God would love me no matter what. Somebody say amen. amen. The only question I had was if Liz would love me for where I was at. And I didn't know. I wasn't sure. I wasn't secure. Hear me, whether it's a friendship, a work relationship, father, son, father, daughter, mother, son, coworker, coworker, brother, sister, or husband or wife, the evidence of how secure you are in a relationship is at the crossroads of truth and lie. If you lie in that relationship, it tells me you are not as secure in the relationship you think you are or would like to be. But if you tell the truth, that tells me that you believe that that person loves you no matter what and that you love that person no matter what. Truth is the, it's the crossroad of it. And I love the metaphor that God gives us. He says, like a body, because if the body were to lie to itself, it would, it would fall apart. Like, you know what your tongue does, right? Someone says taste. Yeah. <laughs> But more than that, your taste buds actually warn you of, of harmful chemicals in things, of dangerous things. That's why when you drink milk and it's spoiled, your tongue says, don't drink this. You're going to be sick. Don't drink. Your tongue is telling you this is bad. I should have listened to my body when I was at the gas station and I saw sushi. <laughs> the moment someone, I can read somebody's lips and say, why would you do that? You're hungry. That's why. And there are other things at the gas station but a candy bar and sushi. I mean, my eyes were telling me though, the moment I looked at it, don't do this. <laughs> I said, shut up eyes, I'm hungry. I bought the sushi, ate the first roll. Oh. My taste buds were trying to talk to me. My taste buds were like, this is not good for you. <laughs> this tastes terrible. This is bad. Don't eat this. But I was so hungry. I said, you lying taste buds. You lying, I'm going to eat this. I'm going to eat this. You know how that story ended? Exactly how you think it ended. And I'm going to just tell you right now, listen, a lie, when you, when you tell it, you can taste it while you tell it. And it never tastes good. But you tell it. And you'll get away with it in that moment. But every lie, oof, just like that sushi, will come out at some point. <laughs> You just got it. You just... <laughs> One way or another, <laughs> it's coming out. And when it comes out, it's going to make a mess on everyone you love. <laughs> hey, we will always be as thick as our secrets. Be careful. Or, or you know, your skin, when you're about to touch something hot, you know, the reason why it's hot is your skin is like back up. You're going to get burned. Don't do that. There's actually people who don't have the ability to sense heat or cold and they burn themselves all the time because they don't know what's hot and what's cold. And so your body's trying to send you a signal, don't get too close, you're gonna get burned. This is a message for anybody who's in a relationship right now and your wife or your girlfriend or your boyfriend or your husband, they can tell you, hey, that person that you go to work with, I think they like you. And I see the way you kind of look at them and do you think, are you attracted to them? Because I think they're attracted to you. No, babe, I'm I got eyes for only you. And I'm only looking at you. And babe, I would never, listen to me, keep playing with fire and see how you get burned. By the way, if you're married, the Bible says two become one. So it's not just your wife speaking, it's your body speaking. Your body trying to tell you, I'm feeling something. Heads up, be careful, watch out. Also, if you just got family, tell me the one time you were burned in your family relationship with a dad or a mom. Probably it was because of dishonesty. Don't do that to other people. Or what about your body when you're working out? Sometimes I look at the weights and my body's telling me, don't lift it. My body is telling me before I get under that thing. If you lift that thing, you're going to die right here. Don't do it. Sometimes you do it. You don't listen to your body. You're out of the gym for a month because you have some kind of injury. I still got this shoulder thing and these healings. Somebody pray for your pastor. <laughs> but then there's another time where a weight had fallen on me, but then I, I felt strong enough. My body was like, you can do it, JJ. Lift that weight. You're strong enough to do it. So I was like, you know what? I don't trust you, body. 
I'm not going to lift that weight because I remember the last time I lifted that weight and it crushed me and I don't trust my body enough to go under that weight. Where there is no trust, where there is no truth, there is no growth. You think that the lie is going to help your relationship, but the only thing that's going to help your friendship the only thing that's going to help you get closer to your dad. The only thing that's going to help you get closer to your sister. The only thing that's going to help you get closer to your boss. The only thing that's going to help you get closer to your neighbor is the truth. Every relationship will grow when truth is inserted or, or, or it will fall apart because it wasn't secure. Either way, you're better for it. The truth will either bind or it'll separate. But then you know that that, that love wasn't there like it was supposed to be. Amen. I don't know if the truth is always good. It is. And if you doubt that, listen to me. Be secure in God's promises. Be secure in God's promises. Put it on the screen because this is something God promised. He made a promise about the truth. Proverbs 12, 22. The Lord detests lying lips, but he what? Delights in those who tell the truth. He delights in it. If you tell the truth, it will go good for you. You have to believe the truth is a better way, even if it's embarrassing. You ever go to the doctor's office and the doctor starts asking you questions and those questions are embarrassing? I'll Google them. I said, what are the most embarrassing doctor questions? Number one, this is what came up on the internet. How many alcoholic drinks do you consume each week? <laughs> I can see the doctor asking some of y'all that right now. And you like, well, hey, <laughs> define alcohol. We talking liquor. We talking beer. We talking hard mics. We talking Malta. What are we talking? <laughs> what kind of alcohol are we talking about here? Second most embarrassing question. How often do you exercise? Don't judge me. <laughs> I live on the second floor. <laughs> so at least twice a day. <laughs> Define exercise. Number three most embarrassing question. You ever smoke anything other than cigarettes? <laughs> I can see some of y'all in the doctor's office right now squirming. <laughs> Talking about how far back are we going? <laughs> On this question. Number one most embarrassing question doctors ask, how many sexual partners have you had? Hmm. Got real quiet. <laughs> Somebody said, define partners. We didn't really know each other. <laughs> Someone else said, define sexual. There's levels to this thing. Hey, as embarrassing as those questions are, though, you never once thought about lying. Why? Because you know that healing is dependent on your honesty. You know it. You can lie and walk out there with your pride, but you'll also walk out there with your sickness. If you want to be healed, here's what the Bible says. I promise you, honesty will heal you. I promise you. As scary as it seems, as embarrassing as it is. And listen, it is a promise for lying too. You want to hear God's promises for lying? Luke 8, 17. For there is nothing hidden that will not be disclosed. He promises. Nothing concealed that will not be known or brought out into the open. How many people can testify that every lie eventually will come out? How many people thought you almost got away with it? Come on now. Am I just preaching to me? Thought I almost got away with it. Thought I had scrubbed the internet history good. Uh-uh. Every lie always gets exposed. Celebrities getting canceled for things they said 30 years ago that they thought no one would ever find out about. It happens. And here's the second promise about lies. And even if you get away with it and nobody on earth does anything about it, Matthew 12, 36, but I tell you that everyone will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. For by your words, you will be acquitted and by your words, you will be condemned. I tried to explain this to one of my sons. He was having a lion streak that week. And I need to tell him that lying is wrong. And in my house, in my house, you can parent your kids however you want. But in my house, our kids only get spanked for two things. Disrespecting mom. So if they raise their voice at mommy or if they talk back to mommy, they get spanked. Why? Because she keeps all of us alive. And she needs to be happy so everybody can be happy. <laughs> number, number one. Second reason why my kids get spanked in our house, lying. And nothing else. Because I want to teach my kids, listen, right now they're lying about cookies and homework. But one day they might be lying about getting a girl pregnant at school. God forbid. But if it happens, I need them to know, even that, Bobby, we can work through if you're honest. 
If you lie about it, I can't help you with it. But if you're honest about it, I promise you, Daddy will always be there to walk through whatever it is with you if we can keep it real with one another. I need to know that. That lying is the only thing that I can't work with and I can't help you with. It's the only thing God can't work with and God can't help with. He can only help you if you're honest. So I had to show him this. So I grabbed the dice and I, and I went to my son. I said, I want to play a game with you. I grabbed a dice, six-sided dice. I said, if I roll a six, if you, you can roll a six. If you roll a six, I'll give you $10. His eyes got real big. I said, okay. I said, but if you roll anything other than a six, I spank you. I said, you want to play? He said, no, thank you. <laughs> Hear me. This was the lesson. I said, Papi, every time you lie, you're rolling the dice. You might get away with it, but chances are you ain't. And even if you do get away with it, daddy won't know, but God will know. So then the question becomes, Papi, who do you want to do the punishing? Daddy or God? Because God loves you, but he's also just and must punish sin. So how are we, going? How, how are we doing? In summary, so you don't forget it, when you tell the truth, you always win. And when you lie, you always lose. 10 out of 10. Don't tell me your scenario. There are no exceptions to this. It's the truth. Well, I don't know if that's true, Pastor, because if you know what I did, if you know the lie I've been telling, if I tell the truth today, my whole life will fall apart. If that's true, then this last point is really for you. If that's you, then be secure in God's forgiveness. In God's forgiveness. Not man's. God's forgiveness. Adam and Eve dressed in bushes, hiding in bushes. <laughs> they weren't getting dressed. They were camouflaging came out from behind that bush. I gotta believe if they thought God was gonna kill them, they would've stood there. The Bible says they heard his feet walking in the garden. The Lord said, where are you? If they thought they were gonna die, they would've been like, shh, don't say nothing. Just think, shh, he's coming. If he knows we ate the fruit, he gonna kill us. I think that's what happened to the last people and that's why there's no one here. <laughs> don't play, don't play, shh. Ah, the Bible says, when he said, where are you, they came out, which means I think there was something about the tone of his voice. I don't think God was like, where are you? I think he was just looking to hang with his friends. And he was like, where y'all at? And they heard the tone and they came out of the grass. I want you to grab this because they weren't expecting to meet a God of anger, hate, punishment, fear. They, they expected to meet a God of mercy, grace, love, patience, and forgiveness. So they stepped out knowing, knowing I think that they would have consequences for their actions. There was consequences. You know that, right? The Bible says that Adam had to labor and sweat for work. The Bible says that women were going to have to labor in childbirth and have pain, that both of their days would now be numbered and they had to be exiled from the garden. Why were there consequences? Because the truth has consequences. I'm sorry. But consequences does not mean he does not care. On the contrary, consequences mean he does care. I was at the airport the other day and I told Justice five times. I said, don't put your back there. Put your back there, it's gonna fall. Don't put your back there. Don't put your back there. Put your back there. Sure enough, put his back there, it fell. Now he's trying to pull the bag out the seat. And, and you can't, it's hard to pull it out the seat. It's like a monkey putting their hand in the jar and you can't get, not that my son's a monkey, but it was just stuck inside, couldn't get it out. But I'm coaching him, right? I'm over there being a dad. I'm looking at him, I'm like, all right, man, think about it. No, 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 you're just, you're just you're doing force. Use your brain, think, figure it out, problem solve. While I'm working with him, this lady, four seats down, looks at my son struggling and says, it's a true story. She looks, I said, I gotta preach this on Sunday. I don't care how, I'm gonna fit it in the message. She looked at my son, four seats down, down, and she goes, baby, baby, this is how you do it. And she proceeds to tell him exactly how to get out of the bind he put himself in. I was very nice to the lady because she was trying to be helpful. I also didn't want her to think that I was kind of mean dad, 
torturing my son. So I explained to her the why behind my what. I said, ma'am, I thank you so much for your help. I actually wasn't saying anything or doing anything because I wanted him to learn how to get out of it himself. I wanted him to figure out himself. I'm not just trying to help him. I'm trying to, I'm trying to teach him so that he can learn for the future. And she goes, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. That's such a good idea. She goes, I'm a mom. And I just think that's a mom thing, always trying to help out. And I said, oh, yeah, I get that. I'm a dad. And, you know, dads are always kind of hard and kind of and tough. And she goes, you know what? It's not mom or dad's. It's probably my fault. And then she said this. She said, that's probably why my 20-year-old will move out. <laughs> I did not know this lady. She put her son on blast. There's a difference between forgiving and enabling. God loves you enough to forgive you, but he loves you too much to just let you get away with the behavior that is hurting you and the people that you love. If you go to high school and you want to plagiarize on your assignment, there's consequences for that. You get suspended or expelled. Why? Because you go, if you go through college, copy and pasting, you'll never learn nothing. You want to cheat on your wife? There's forgiveness for that, but she might leave you and she might take the kids. Why? Because if you don't feel the consequences of your choices, you're going to spend your whole life hurting people you love until you understand there's a cost. Consequences are the evidence that he cares, not that he doesn't. That he there has to be consequences. But I'll take those consequences because when you trade, the consequences of the truth, Lord, I'm ready for the consequences of the truth. Friend, I'm ready for the consequences of the truth. The law, policeman, lawyer, judge, I'm ready for the consequences of the truth. When you receive the consequences of the truth, you give up something. You give up the shame of the lie. Oh, when I told Liz what I told her, I knew there would be consequences. And if I'm quite honest, not only were there consequences, I'm still living in some of those consequences because she loves me. And I accept those. But before anything, before she said a word, when I was done speaking, no matter what those consequences were in that moment, I was free, y'all. I was free from years of bondage. I was free from shame. I was free from the lie. And I just want to encourage you today, I don't know what consequences are on the other side of your truth. But I promise you, whatever happens, it is worth it if in return you can receive the freedom of, sh of the shame of the lie. You don't got to carry shame no more. That's what God was trying to tell us when he solved Adam and Eve's problem. Genesis chapter 3 verse 21. And the Lord God made clothing from animal skins for Adam and his wife. Hey. God did not go shopping at Burlington Co. Factory. He didn't go pick up a fur coat over at Macy's. If he got an animal skin, what did he have to do? He had to what? So now we have an innocent animal dying for what humanity did. Huh? Sound familiar? If not, let me tell you this beautiful good news gospel story of this person named Jesus Christ, who was God in a body, a human being, son of a God, himself, who, came, who was innocent and blameless, who died to cover our mistake. If you feel like you have to lie to cover it up, here's the last thing you need to hear. You don't have to cover up because you're already covered already covered by the blood of Jesus. You're already covered. I can't promise you you won't feel guilty at the end of it. I can't promise you you won't have regret. I can't promise that you won't wish you had done it a thousand different ways. I can't promise you any of that after the truth. What I can promise you is you no longer have to wrestle with shame. Shame is something he took on the cross. You are already covered. So live a shame-free life and step into the light of truth. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I want you to raise your hand. I want two people. I want to pray for two people. I want to pray for the person. Listen, I got homework for y'all. Average person tells four lies a day. Some of y'all already on two or three. Here's homework assignment number one. Try and get through the rest of the day without telling one lie. Raise your hand if you think you can do it. Raise your hand if you think you can do it. 
Everybody else is like, I don't know, I'm not lying. So, listen, I believe that. Let's try it. Let's be conscious of it. Just one day, just the 12 hours that are left in this day without lying. Here's the second thing. Some of us got a lie in our life that we're living right now and we don't want to tell nobody. An addiction, a struggle, a secret, and there's freedom, but there's only freedom on the other side. And here's what I want you to do. If you need prayer for that, I'm not going to ask you to come up. I'm just going to ask you to identify yourself with a hand raise on three. And I want to pray for your lie, whatever it is, that you would have the courage to live in the truth. If that's you, every head, every eye closed. Nobody's looking. It's okay. You need to step out of the lie and step into the truth. On three, I want you to raise your hand. I just want to know who I'm praying for. All over this building, one, two, three. There's a lie in your life right now. Come on, I see that hand. This is the beginning of honesty. There's a lie in your life you're living. Nobody knows, but you need to step into truth. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. It's an opportunity. Amen. You can put your hand down. Let me pray for you. Let me pray for you. Father God, you saw every hand raised. You saw every lie that is trying to keep them in bondage, like the guko was trying to keep me in my bed. That lie. God, I want you to remind them today, if they're believers, that they are free, forgiven, and there is no more shame. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. There is now no shame and condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus our Lord. God, I pray that shame would fall off their shoulders today that freedom would fill their hearts today. And then when they go home to have that conversation with that person that they love, that accountability partner in their life, as they step into truth, life would flood their lungs. Freedom would love their lungs. A lightness would come on their shoulders that they would receive and live in the truth of Jesus Christ. Let me pray now for those who are far from Jesus. Hear me out. God can't cover you up if you don't come out. So on the count of three, if you've been hiding in the bushes, if you're far from Jesus, if you're new to this whole thing called church and this person called Christ, I know you know it's real. I know you know he's real. You can feel his presence in this place. If that's you and you're ready to step out of the bushes and declare Jesus Christ is your Lord, your King, your Savior, the love of your life. On three, I want you to raise your hand. Jesus, I need you in my life. I'm ready to come out of the bushes and be covered by your forgiveness. One, two, three, all over this building. You need Jesus in your heart. Come on, I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. Come on, half a row over there. I see your hand in the middle. I see your hand on the corner. Whether you raise your hand or not, Journey Church, let's not leave them praying by themselves. Everybody say out loud, Father God, I'm coming out of the bush. Cover me up with Christ. Forgive me for my sins. Forgive me for my choices. Fill me with your forgiveness. Fill me with your truth. Jesus Christ, today. Come on, somebody say today. Come on, say out loud today. I make you my Lord and my Savior. In your wonderful name I pray. Amen and amen. We hope you've enjoyed this message. And we would love to hear your story and how this ministry is changing your life. Please email us at amen at journeyorl.com. And if you would like to support financially, you can give online at journeyorl.com give. If you're in the area, join us on Sunday for the full experience. Have a blessed week.